Tonight, as you were coming in, we're thankful for that. We appreciate your presence. We want you to know that you're always welcome here at Midway. Invite you to come back and be with us at every opportunity that you have. We always enjoy having guests with us here at Midway. Tonight, as we finish our uh, evening worship, of course, we'll be going down. Randy mentioned this earlier, but we'll be going down and we'll be celebrating some things with our graduating seniors. And I know that many of you are here uh, because of that, and, and it's always good to honor those who have done well, and we appreciate that and appreciate you. But before we get to that part of our evening tonight, we want to think about some things from God's Word and, and talk about some things. In the book of Joel chapter 3, verse 14, there's a phrase that you probably have heard a number of times, and we want to lift that phrase tonight. It speaks about those who are in the valley of decision. The Bible says, multitude, multitudes in the valley of decision, for the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. Now tonight, as we think about that passage, we think about the last part of it. We speak about the day of the Lord, and quite often when we think about that, we're thinking about a day where God exercises His wrath on wrongdoers, and and I think the implications in this entire passage have to do with that. But I don't want us to focus necessarily at this moment on that. I want us to think about the idea, the concept of being in the valley of decisions. You know, as we think about decisions, we have to make decisions. And, and these young people who will be graduating will be making a lot of decisions in the next weeks and months that are ahead. But as we consider that, I want you to think about the story that you may have heard, and I've used this story here before, but a man who had a son who was about 17, 18 years old, the man was a merchant and he asked his son to make a delivery, he had three things that he wanted that son to deliver. He had a chicken that he needed the son to deliver, he had a sack of corn that he needed the son to deliver, and he had a dog that he needed the son to deliver, and so he sent him out on his way to make the delivery. Well, the son, and this is in years gone by, he comes to the river, and, and of course there's no bridge there, but there is a boat, and, and so he has to stop and decide how he's going to get across. The, the boat is only big enough to carry him and one of the objects at a time, and so how is it that he's going to get across? If he leaves, if he takes the corn and he leaves the chicken and the dog, when he comes back, all he's going to have is feathers. If he leaves the, the chicken and the corn, all he's going to have is a sack when he comes back because the corn is going to be eaten by the chicken. And so, what is he going to do? He's going to have to make a decision. Now, some of you have heard this before and you know the answer to it and, and you're probably wise beyond your years and that's a good thing. But, but how is it that, that this son will, will get these three objects across, only able to carry one, and as he makes the, the crossing, he has to choose which one to carry first. How does he get all three of them across safely so he can go on his way and so he can make the deliveries that his dad has sent him out to do. Now, I'm going to let you wait and think about that, this whole sermon. Okay? We won't, we won't answer that question until we get to the end of the sermon. I want you to think about it. Uh, but try to pay attention to the rest of the sermon too while we're going through. But, but we'll answer that question at the end. Okay? 
But as you're contemplating that tonight, as you're thinking about it, I want you to understand some things. I want you to think about some things in regard to decisions and, and the concept that we've already introduced and as far as people having to make decisions. There are at least three lessons from the little illustration that I've just given you that we can draw. Three, three concepts, three lessons that we can learn from this little scenario. Number one, decisions have consequences, don't they? Uh, that's implied if you take the wrong object and you come back and, like I said, with the dog and the chicken, there's only feathers that are left. And so decisions have consequences. We have to make the right decisions or we can suffer some very, very bad consequences. Number two, I want you to understand tonight, and this we also learn from this little, this little exercise in our thinking, is that with time and the right information and some good planning along the way, we can make the right decision. We can come to the right uh, conclusion and make the right decision for ourselves and the things that we need to do. But then thirdly tonight, as we again contemplate that little scenario, I want us to understand, and we'll say this from the very beginning of our lesson tonight, the right decision is not always easy. It's not always the easiest thing for us to do in life. The right decision is not always the easiest thing for us to, to do in life. And so, you know, as we, as we develop our lesson tonight, think about, I've already given you one thing to think about, you know the little illustration itself, but now I've given you something else. Think about those three things that go hand in hand with that little illustration that we gave <coughs> to begin with. But, but you know tonight that as these young people, as they have come to a point in their life when there are going to be some changes, when they're graduating from high school, and, and we have six here at Midway who will be graduating from high school, as they make that transition in their life, things are going to change. A lot of things will stay the same. They'll have relationships and love and things like that for parents and all of that. That will stay the same. But a lot of things will be different. You know, they'll, they'll be moving out and moving on and doing all of those kinds of things. And it may be that for many throughout the, uh, the nation who will be graduating like these six, that parents have basically made all of the decisions that, that they have had made in their lives up to this point. Uh, they may not have had much of a say, and even the ones who are here tonight may not have had as much a say as you thought that you might need to have, but again, things will be dis uh, different and decisions will be made on your part. And so, over the next few weeks and months and years that are to come, you're, you will be making more and more decisions from yourself. So, from this point forward, as you think about decisions, what are some of them? And, and what do I need to know about some of them? And let me just say tonight, as we, as we talk about some of these things, I'm not going to be able to address in 30 minutes all of the decisions that you're going to have to make. Okay? There's going to be things in your life that you're going to face that, that the preacher didn't cover tonight. So understand that. But at the same time, the things that we will consider are 
pretty broad-reaching and pretty far-reaching in our life. And so what do we need to think about? What are some of the things that, that we talk about tonight? Well, number one, you're going to have to choose what you're going to do with the rest of your life going to have to choose what you're going to do with the rest of your life. Now, obviously, when we think about this, some of you will go to college. You may have already made that decision. You may even know what college you're going to be going to. But you're going to be going to college, and, and so you've made that decision. But if you're not going to do that, have you decided that you're going to get a job? And where will you get that job? And, and what kind of job will it be? And, and then, you know, even beyond that, when you get out of college, when, you, when you're moving forward, where are you going to live? Are you going to come back here to the Walker County area and live here? Are you going to go somewhere else and, and explore the world? Or are you going to uh, uh, you know, be in some foreign exotic place where you might work? All of those things sometimes will reveal themselves as you go through and you're facing them on a, on a daily basis and as, as opportunities come your way. But the fact is, you're going to have to choose what you're going to do with the rest of your life. But here's the point that I want you to get tonight. All of us probably already understand these things, but here's something I want you to take with you. I want you to remember. Whatever it is you choose to do with the rest of your life, choose to give it your all. Choose to do it well. The book of Ecclesiastes chapter 9 at verse 10, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might. Don't be half-hearted. Now obviously I'm not suggesting that you choose a life of crime and you, and you be the best crime boss. You know, that's, that's not what I'm saying. We're talking about legitimate things that, that need to be done, that Christians could participate in, that they could do with the rest of their life. Whatever you find to do, do it with your might. You may not have a 4.0 when you graduate from college. And if you don't, you know, that'll be okay. But... You should have given it everything that you could to come out with a 4.0. Give it your complete heart. When you graduate from college and you get that first job and, and, and you know you go in that first day and, and, and this is the, the new life that you got and, and rather than, than you know, having those bills that you're running up in college, you're now getting a paycheck. Work and work hard. Give your best. You know, there are a lot of people in our nation who won't go to college. They will choose to work with their hands. You know, even if you're digging ditches, I, I was always taught as I was growing up, you dig the best ditch that you possibly can. You do it well. We're living in a society today in which the word excellence has become almost a dirty word. We don't want it to be a dirty word. We want it to be a good word. And as a Christian, as someone who represents Christ, we want to give 
our best. And so when you choose what you're going to do with the rest of your life, choose it with the idea in mind that I am going at it with everything that I have. That I will give my all. That I will do my best in whatever it is that I do. But then secondly tonight, as we think about making decisions and things from this point forward, and, and, and by the way, you know, I'm addressing a lot of this to our graduates, you know, the ones who will be graduating this year, but, but some of us graduated a long time ago, and, and guess what? Some of these lessons we need to hear too, and we need to pay attention, we need to get our lives in harmony with some of those things, but... Uh, some of them will, will be more for the younger folks. Others, you know, will be for all of us. But the second thing, as we think about the decisions that we are to make, is that we have to choose what we're going to believe when faced with pitfalls. Now, what are our core beliefs going to be? What are you going to do when you have a college professor who, who tells you that you evolved from some lower species and and they call you a fool to your face because you believe that you were created by God. What are you going to do? Are you going to cow down and say, well, sir, you're learned, you've got the degree, you've got all the letters behind your name, and, and so, you know, you must be right. And so I will choose to believe what you tell me to believe. I want you to understand tonight that Paul has a name for some of those guys. And he uses it in the book of Romans, chapter 1, verse 22. And I want you to listen to it. He says, Some profess to be wise, but they became fools. Preacher, I didn't think you were supposed to call people names. Sometimes the truth hurts. What happened? What happened to these people that Paul is talking about here in the book of Romans chapter 1? They chose to take God out of their thinking. In our Bible class on Sunday morning, we spent some time just recently talking about this very matter. Why is our society, why have things turned like they have in regard to purity? We talked about purity in our lesson this morning, uh, Sunday morning sermon uh, earlier today. And Why have things gotten the way that they are in, in regard to purity and, and, and some other matters in life? Well, we chose to take God out of our thinking. And when we did that, well, we became nothing more than just a bunch of animals. And that is certainly not the way that we are to act. And so what do we believe when things like this confront us? But, but even more than that, you know, sometimes, especially when you're out on your own for the first time, you're going to be confronted with things that probably you've been confronted with even while you were in high school, but maybe now even to a greater degree. You, you may be even confronted with the opportunities for, for a lot of sexual exploits, for, for a lot of sexual conquest, if you will, in the college scene, in the, in the, 
in the setting in which many of our young people find themselves on college campuses. And again, we spoke about that this morning in our sermon. Do you remember the passage that we mentioned from 1 Kings chapter 11 at verse 3 where the Bible spoke about how Solomon had 700 wives and 300 girlfriends on the side, 300 concubines. Now, if King Lemuel that we talked about this morning was Solomon, you know we talked about that, If he was, and his mother said, don't be a skirt chaser, that's what we talked about this morning, Solomon certainly didn't listen. You can't turn on the TV without being sold sex. Everything from cars to hamburgers... but it's sold even more. And if you want to call it this, in the real world. I don't really buy that term, but we'll talk about it from that standpoint. What are you going to believe? You going to believe it's okay? Are you going to believe that The sexual union is a special relationship that God himself ordained to be enjoyed solely between married people, those who are married to each other. We've got to choose what we're going to believe when we're faced with the pitfalls of life. You know, it may be that as you're thinking about what you're going to believe, It may be that you're going to be sold a bill of goods in regard to the idea that more is better. More is better. You know, you get all that you can out of out of this life. You you make all of the money that you can. You make a you get a big bank account. You you invest a lot of money. Then you can retire and enjoy your life. You know, you can go on your merry way and have anything you want. I want you to understand more is not always better. Sometimes young people, those who are older as well, are sold that bill of goods and they come to believe it. And here's what happens. They begin to work and work and work. I've already said we need to give everything that we've got. But sometimes we can put priorities in the wrong place. We may become a workaholic. And as a result of that, destroy our family. Destroy the influence that we have with our children when we eventually have them, with our spouse, our husband, our wife, because we have become a workaholic. Don't be sold and don't buy into the bill of goods that more is better. You know what? There are some who who don't take that route, but they want to take the shortcut route to get more. I wonder how many dope dealers, how many drug pushers thought that it was easy money to go out and sell, to get more. Not more drugs, but more money from what they've sold. How many gamblers have wasted away 
their earnings. Thinking that, hey, if I go and I win, I understand, I read that there was a lottery ticket that was sold this weekend, a, a drawing for the, was it the Powerball thing that had built up? Last I saw, they were pushing it again. It was 300 or 400 million dollars and one winner, one winner won that this weekend out of New Jersey. I saw the headline. How many will spend the last dollar that they had to feed their little baby to buy them a lottery ticket? If you don't think that happens, you're very naive. I literally have had people that I stood behind in a convenience store buying lottery tickets come to the church building this is when we were in Tennessee probably an hour later needing food don't be sold a bill of goods that more is better you know when you, when you think about that God designated one way for us to earn our living. That was work. By the sweat of our brow. But while we're at it, understand this. Don't go to the other extreme either. There was a saying that I heard as I was growing up. I don't know if you've heard it before or not. But there were some people who were so lazy they wouldn't even hit a lick at a snake. Anybody ever heard that? They're just lazy. Old snake just walk up there and bite them. They're so lazy they wouldn't. I heard Jed Clampett say one time, you know, on the Beverly Hillbillies, he was talking about somebody. He said they were so lazy that they got up in the morning with nothing to do and when they went to bed is only half done. That's lazy. You've got to choose what you're going to believe about the pitfalls of life. You can overwork or you can under. And so tonight as we think about, think about those dangerous pitfalls of life. Let me give you another one. You have to choose if and who you're going to marry. Now some of you are not in any hurry for that. Some of you are probably in a bigger hurry than others. Let me just point out a couple of passages that you need to be thinking about. In the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 1 and 2, Paul writes and says, Now concerning the matters about which you wrote, he said it's not good for a man to marry, or it's not good uh, for a man to have sexual, sexual relations with a woman, but because of the temptation to sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife and each woman her own husband. I want you to think about the first part of that. He says, number one, it's not good to have sexual relations, but marry. You've got to understand that Paul, when he's writing 1 Corinthians chapter 7, is writing in the context of what was going on in the church at Corinth. There were persecutions that was coming upon Christians, and so many people would be called upon to choose, are you going to take God or are you going to take your family? And so Paul is writing these things and 
in that context, and so down in verse 26, he says, I think that in view of the present distress, it's good for a person to remain as he is. talks about remaining single. But Paul makes it clear in that passage that if you can't contain your lust, if you can't contain yourself with that special boy or that special girl that you're dating, then the place to fulfill that relationship is in the marital relationship. Never forget that. So, one of the things that you have to choose is to choose whether you will marry. But this is a consideration that must be taken in as we're making the decisions of our life. We need to remember that Jesus spoke about in Matthew chapter 19, verses 4 through 6. We often say it this way, one man for one woman for life. The marriage partner that we choose, that's an important thing that we have to think about, that we are uh, to, to give consideration to. It's not too early to be thinking about that. We all need to be talk, teaching our children, talking to them as they're growing up, and especially right now as they're being confronted with different decisions that they make. And it's sad to say in our day and time, when you're making that decision, that we have to remember that God made Adam and Eve and not Adam and Steve. Or in the case that we see so many day, so much in our day and time, Steve becomes Steve Ann. I guess we could just boil it down this way. If you choose to marry, choose your mate wisely. If you choose to remain unmarried, choose what we've already talked about in our lesson tonight and this morning, choose to be pure. You have to choose if and who you will marry. But moving along tonight, here's one more, and that's this. You have to choose whether you will serve God or not. Whether or not you're going to serve God. There are people in our world, maybe even people in your graduating class, who do not believe in God. You will encounter people the rest of your life who do not believe in God. But listen to me carefully. You're going to encounter people as well who say that they believe in God, but live as though they don't. And so you've got to choose whether you believe in Him and whether you're going to serve Him or not. Again, you're going to be faced with college professors, possibly, depending upon where you go, that are going to deny the very existence of God. They're going to seek to remove Him and everything about Him. And It's hard to hear of court decisions and and things that we hear about almost on a daily basis now of, of how our society is pushing God farther and farther away. But that doesn't negate the fact that we still have to choose whether we will serve Him or not. On graduation night, the father asked his son, Son, what are your plans? They were having that discussion. Well, the boy said, Daddy, I'm, I'm going to go to college. 
Well, Daddy, being smart, said, well, that's right, that's good, we're going to help you, you know, as you go through college, but what then? And the boy thought about it. He said, well, when I graduate, he said, I guess I'll get a job, maybe even get married, some of those things that we're talking about tonight. Dad said, well, you know, that sounds good too, that's all fine, but what then? The boy said, well, he said, I guess after I get married that, that my wife and I will have some children and, and then I'll just keep on working and I'll put all my years in, in in my job and I'll eventually retire. The father said, well, you know, that's good. That sounds like a, you know, a, a pretty good thing. But what then? boy said, well, he said, I really don't know. He said, I guess I'll just get old and die. The dad said, like he'd said before, well, yeah, I said, that's right. But what then? As the story is told, the boy dropped his head as he realized that his plans only involved things on this earth and not things that transcended or went beyond this world. You see, just because life ends here does not mean that life ends. Young people, Older folks alike, do not ever forget God gave you an immortal soul. And one day that soul, when this old body maybe has gotten old, perhaps still young, one day that soul will leave that body and it will go back to God who made it. What then? Can I ask you a question tonight? What if there's no God? What if there's no God and you live as though there is a God? You spend 50, 60, 70 years missing out, we'll put this in quotation marks, missing out on all the fun things like getting drunk and committing adultery and breaking up homes and doing all those kinds of things. What if there's no God and you live as though there is for 50 or 60 or 70 years? Let me ask you another one. What if there is a God and you live 50 or 60 or 70 or 80 years as though there is not? And you miss 
the blessings of eternity. You must choose whether you will serve God or not. Temptations will be there, especially in our generation, for young people when they leave home to leave God too. Those temptations are there. And far, far too many fall for that temptation. And they choose not to serve God. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's what Joshua said. Joshua chapter 24, verse number 15. You've got to make right decisions. doesn't mean that you will always make perfect decisions, but you need to strive to make right decisions. How many of you remember what we started out with? I mean, after the decision, decisions, you know, multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision, the little story about the man who sent his son with the chicken, the dog, and the corn, do you know how he gets them across? Well, sure, that's easy if you've got the right information. You see, what he does is he takes the chicken across first and he leaves it goes back to the other side, gets either the corn or the dog, takes it back across the river, picks his chicken back up and goes back across the river with it, gets the other one, then goes back and gets the chicken and goes on his merry way. You just got to have the right information, the right kind of thinking. What we're thinking about, I got it over on this side of the river, and so I can't take it back. Well, yeah, you can you just got to make the right decision. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. Do your best to make the right ones. You know why? Decisions have consequences. With time, the right information, some good planning, you can make the right decision. Making the right decision is not always the easy thing. I'm going to ask you about a decision tonight. If you've never obeyed the gospel of Jesus Christ, had your sins washed away in His blood, been buried with Him in order to meet His blood in baptism, would you make that decision in your life? Choosing to serve God, choosing to do what is right, you need to know more, we'd love to sit down with you and study with you and, and take God's Word and look at what it has to say in regard to our salvation. But if you know that you need to believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that you need to repent of your sins and make the great confession that Jesus Christ is God's Son, that you need to be baptized for the remission of your sins tonight, then we'd love to assist you with that. Maybe you're here tonight and your life has not been right with God. 
you've obeyed the gospel in the past, but haven't been living like it. You've been sort of like those that mentioned briefly in our lesson tonight. They believe in God, but live as though He doesn't exist. We need to come back to Him. Like Simon of old that we read about in the book of Acts chapter 8, we'd love to pray with you and for you that God would forgive you of of your sins. Maybe you're here tonight and you need to respond to the Lord's invitation. If that is the case, would you not do it right now? As together we stand and stand.